Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're reviewing 2000's Before Night Falls, directed by Julian Schnabel, starring Javier Bardem. But first, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Uh, I watched uh, Heather's. Heather's. Yeah, it was Ooh. a rewatch. Uh, I I felt I was feeling saucy. I wanted to watch Heather's the other night. There so. you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a for anybody who doesn't know, it's a black comedy starring Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Um, and if you missed this one back in 1988, uh, just give it a watch because it's it's really funny. And I have always loved Winona Ryder. Um, she is just. She is my everything. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christian Slater's not bad either. And Christian is good. I mean, yeah. And a word of warning: if you haven't seen it, he's really like back then. He really believed he was Jack Nicholson. And yeah. So nineteen-year-old Christian Slater is. That's why uh, everyone compared them. Yes. Yep. Yes. I mean, he his eyebrows are arched even when he's like crying. The voice, it's, it's, everything, it, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's on Netflix Instant. Oh yeah, that's where I watched. Is that where you watched it? it? Uh-huh. Okay, yep. cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a trip down memory lane. Yes. <laughs> I've watched a film from 2002 called Undercover Brother, uh, starring Eddie Griffin, <laughs> and Dave Chappelle's in this one as well. Yeah. Um, everyone's probably heard of this movie. It was a big deal when it came out. Uh-huh. It's a comedy, and it's basically a satire, kind of like Austin Powers. It's like Austin Powers meets Shaft. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what this movie is. Right. And it's hilarious, man. We watched Blue Streak <laughs> the other week, uh-huh. and... um. There's a lot of kind of tasteless humor in yes. that movie, and it's not very funny. And you have handcuffed Dave Chappelle. This movie has Dave Chappelle at the top of his game. Absolutely. He's really funny. The movie makes... It's just one big race joke. I know. It's a, it's about black and white relations yep. uh, fighting the man. Mm-hmm. That's it. And the jokes are hilarious. They play on racial stereotypes, and it's not in a mean-spirited way, like no. some of the stuff in Blue Streak. And even at the end of the movie, like... the whole thing is oh you can be friends with people who aren't other who are other races and stuff and you can work (laughs) together you know um it is hilarious i thought it was awesome i had i had lower expectations going into it right and it blew me away i was like yes highly underrated film yes it's it's very good yeah i mean i don't know why it it kind of flew i mean i think it was a hit when it came out but no one talks about it anymore that's a really that's an that's a gem yeah. From the early aughts. Like I said, yeah. I didn't expect much out of it. And yeah. wow. It was, it, was good. it was gold, man. I know. It's awesome. It was great. So, right. Undercover Brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So now it's time to do our review mm-hmm. on 2000's Before Night Falls. Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay. Um, I'll just give some also some backstory about the film. Uh, like, Well, this movie is based on the memoirs of Cuban author and poet Ronaldo Arenas. Now, Ronaldo ran away from home when he was a teenager to fight in Castro's army, and then after the new communist government was installed, he found himself an enemy of the state because he was an artist and he was openly homosexual. Right. Um, everyone, I, this, this movie, uh, this is one of my favorite movies, and I'm always in the mood to watch it. The reason I picked it was because I, I just, I really wanted, I really wanted everyone, I really wanted to talk about this movie for right. a long time, and, and I wanted Scott to see it. So. Get the word out. Yep. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, like you said, it, it kind of just is a biopic about his life. Yes. And I'm, I'm guessing it's based on his writings. It's based on his memoirs, yeah. At the end of the movie, he dies right. in 90, 1990? 1990. And his book, Before Night Falls, wasn't published till three years later. Right. And so I guess he's living in poverty his whole life, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. did he gain fame before yeah. his death? I mean, like, when, when he got to New York, he, he, he started to gain some 
like notoriety. I mean, he he had actually he had actually been famous even when he was poor. Right. Um, but, but like when he moved to America, when he came to New York, like he actually did start to, to like get more recognized a little bit more and became more of part of the literary community. Right. He'd and, been published multiple yes. times. Right. So he had, he had like a little bit of money and you know, he, he didn't like, he didn't die completely penniless. Um, right. But, but he, he definitely wasn't as well off as he should have been. Right. Um, now I don't know as much about the Cuban Revolution as I would like. Okay, are you right. well versed in this? I, I'm I'm semi well versed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess in Cuba at this time you weren't allowed to be homosexual. You were not allowed. No. And what this film really does great is the people in it are being openly and publicly homosexual with each other to right. fight the system. Right. He even says, sex became a weapon against them. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. I know. And, you know, like, yeah, the, 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 at this time, what we know, you know how, like, in this country, wh- wh- the, the, the crappy political discourse that we have. Right. In America. Uh, exactly. Um, the thing that we all just want to, like, you know, wish could just go away. A lob against con- from conservatives to liberals is always, you know, that you're a communist. Right. You know, because of your, uh, like non-conservative morality and all that stuff. I don't think they understand what it means to be a communist, first of all. And also, do they understand that in communist countries, they aren't lax about morality? Right. I mean, quite the opposite. Even if they're not all about Christianity, they certainly are not... The whole point of it is you are supposed to to like look a certain way and act a certain way. And and th- th- this movie, I think, beautifully illustrates that. Ronaldo Arenas is a is a world at, at that. I mean, at that time, he's a world renowned author. He's been published, and no one knows who he is, and he's not allowed to be who he is. Right. He smuggles a manuscript to Paris. Yes. Uh, and I think it was the first thing he had published. Right. Wasn't it? Right. And he becomes famous for that. He, I don't even think he realizes he's famous for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's in Cuba. Oh, right. He's right. imprisoned mm-hmm. in and out of these prison camps. Right. And he does a lot of his writing in there. Yes. That's where he wrote Before Night Falls. Yes. Which is a big scene in the movie, which is great. <laughs> right. He's he's writing letters for the other prisoners yeah. because he's you know probably the most educated man in the Absolutely. prison. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. And everyone... Gives him cigarettes and extra paper and everything to write <laughs> letters for them in his own words. Yeah, to make them sound better. <laughs> he's he's writing he's writing mash notes to all their girlfriends. Yeah, like like they they right. find out that like <laughs> at first they're scared of him because of the propaganda machine has painted him as this dangerous subversive criminal. Right, a, a molester. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's a sexual deviant. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and he mm-hmm. he's everything. And and they they steer clear of him, and then they find out he's a writer. And they start, and he becomes this king of this prison for a little while because, like, mm-hmm. he says, "I had more." He says, I, "I had all the soap and cigarettes I could I could ever handle." Exactly. Yeah. He's he's Morgan Freeman from <laughs> yes, Shawshank. He he's red. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I, the, w- we should talk a little bit about I think like Julian Schnabel. He's he's not primarily a movie director. Um, he's a painter actually who was very successful in the New York art world. Okay. Um, and then he just kind of became a filmmaker like later in life, almost like as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And he's only, he's made very few films. Um, his first movie was Basquiat. So that actually took place inside the New York art world. Okay. Um, but he's a very interesting director overall. I've, every, everything I've seen of his has been excellent. And this one in particular, like I said before, I, I have seen this, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. Um, but it is, I, 
I in our on our old website I had it ranked as the second best film of the two thousands. Yeah, because uh, it's 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 that good. It is really every good. frame. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. And not being a, I guess he he's never even trained how to direct. No, he no. just kind just, of picked it up exactly. And yeah. the way he's able to structure this story through voiceover and just jumping from year to year, yeah, like without any glue, but it still yeah, holds together. Yeah. You know, I know, and like. Scenes just play out, and there's no real, like, conclusion to them. It's just, like, you know, the years are blending by. Yes. Uh, yes. Doing that as, like, a quote-unquote amateur yeah. is uh-huh. something impressive. Right, absolutely. And it's shot beautifully, too. Oh, the cinematography man. is great in this. A lot of the choices with um, how shots are framed and set up, <sighs> like when he, he kisses that man from the camera's POV. Yes, or, yeah. I forget which yeah. character that is. Um, he's the, one of the guys who, who like runs with him and Pepe and yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah one, one of their crew. Right. Right. And there's scenes where the woman jumps out the window and yeah. you know, the camera just pans away and right. back real quick right. and she's gone. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's yeah. all kinds of good techniques like that. Just sprinkled in here that just make you say, wow, that is, <laughs> this is really good stuff. I know. And it's from really the opening. Um, I mean like the, one of the first, like, the first most powerful image we see like maybe 30 seconds into the movie is like the infant Ronaldo or maybe like, you know, very right. young toddler. He's one, two, something exactly. like that. Sitting in that ditch, uh, just playing in the mud. It looks like a grave. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the voiceover all comes from Ronaldo's writings. Um, like that's all just from his books. Oh, so that's all taken from that. Yes. That's awesome. Um, and I think he says something like, I think he says in the, in the, in that, in that opening narration, you know, like my, my childhood, it was full of absolute freedom and absolute poverty. Yep. Um, I wrote that down in my notes. Oh, you did? It okay. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was. God, it's such, it, it's, it's, it's such, this movie's poetry, man. It is. There's a scene in it when he gets out of prison, I guess, when mm-hmm. he's older and he sees his mom. Yeah. Who's a refugee in, in Miami. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, she's hardly in the movie, but right, right. obviously she's a huge influence on who he becomes and who, who he is. And he said, this is my favorite quote. Okay. I turned back to my mother and ran away. I will always remember her standing there like that. I wanted to go back and hug her, but instead I ran towards these gigantic black men playing volleyball. <laughs> it It's like out of nowhere. <laughs> no. And the movie can get away with it because it's just... It's just reality. I know. And that's what he does. He runs and starts. Oh, yeah. He he, he just hits a volley. Right. <laughs> and and like, I mean, that that book before night falls, mm-hmm. um, like it, it's that's another thing I, I, I meant to say at the beginning. Yeah, that's another thing that everyone should read. His, so you have read it. Yes, I have read his memoirs. OK. Um, and it's like, although the movie like like there's a couple things in the movie that, that are are. Um, it, it's pretty faithful to the book, except that like they they just composite a few of the characters. Like like Pepe is like the got the Pepe in the movie is like three different guys. In the right. Book. Okay. Um. But other than that, man, I mean, it's 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 like to to that that choice of using actual notes from the book and Ronaldo's other poetry and stuff from his novels is awesome. Oh, a great great choice. Yeah. And, and so effective in like just kind of a. Even if it's not describing what you're seeing on screen, it, it's a it's a perfect complement to like the, these beautiful pictures are being given. Mm-hmm. And it, unlike ev- other movies about writers, it's it's rare that you see a movie about a writer where where you want to go out and read everything they've done. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you get that with this movie. And there's a scene in this movie that I really loved. Mm. Speaking of books yeah. and things, yeah. like he goes to meet the guy in charge of the library or whatever, yes. mm-hmm. and uh, Ronaldo 
he's at school. He's yeah. being educated. He likes to write. Right. He's literate. But he's being introduced to this world of literature, like the classics, yes. like Herman Melville mm-hmm. and Shakespeare and all these other great novels. Right. And you can just see, like, that scene, the way it's put together and displayed is, like, his world is, like, boom. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it's all possibilities are there exactly. now. His, his, he's about to get, like, he's about to get the library that he needs in his head. Right. Right. He's getting schooled. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was already a great writer. Right. Now he's going to have a frame of reference. I haven't read any of those books, but Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe a couple, but dude. Of, of the ones he's given, I, I have not read the Bible from cover to cover, uh, but I have read Remembrance of Things Past, uh-huh. um, and I've read uh, Moby Dick. Okay. I, I did not read um, uh, Sentimental Education yet. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to get on that. I do. You I know. Do it, I do. I know. I got to read the classics. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about his acting in this. Okay. He was nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. Yes, he was. Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. A fantastic performance from him. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he just holds himself. Now, it's he's you can tell he's a gay man from yes. the way his body language is, is and stuff. And I'm not trying to be stereotypical or anything, mm-hmm. but there are gay men that hold themselves that way. You would read him as gay if you met him on yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not over the top or right. anything, you know, and it, it's so subtle and just he's able to do it so freely and easily. It's like, that's the way he is, yes. man. Uh-huh. And he, he handles it most appropriately. He doesn't get too flamboyant or do something like that. It's just, wow, he is really this guy. The choices he makes are immaculate each time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he never he never rings false, you know, right. in any scene. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where he got like like a couple a few weeks ago on our Oscar episode, you you, you mentioned Mark Ruffalo's body language right. in Spotlight. Mm-hmm. How you know when he was like he just like, like kind of leans in, there when he or leans like in, is like looking. Mm-hmm. It's it just just a little thing with his shoulders or whatever. Like Javier Bardem is doing all those things in this movie too. Just mm-hmm. just like when he's standing there like on the rocks talking to uh, to Olivier Martinez, mm-hmm. and uh, he does these, these kind of weird weird like 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 things with with his hands at, at one point when yeah. he gets pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also like can can have his shoulders in a certain way that just like I I, I you want to know this guy yeah you know I mean he, he's he's a very approachable guy who like who even if you didn't know that he was as cultured as he is you, you would like look at him and, ah that that guy looks kind of interesting mm-hmm. you know um you know how much I admire David Thewlis's performance in Naked yes I would put Javier Bardem right alongside him as as one of the best of all time yeah it's really good yeah and he lost. To Russell Crowe? Yes. For Gladiator. Yes. Um, your your favorite movie by... I, <laughs> I, I, I will say it again. I, I've said fuck Gladiator on this show enough, you know, many times. Yeah. And I'll say it again. Uh, like, that movie it doesn't deserve a sniff of Oscar anything. And the idea that it not only won Best Picture, but that Russell Crowe, for that performance, beat out Javier Bardem in Before Night Falls, it's... Uh, you know, like like that 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 is, I they're they're never gonna have shame at the academy. But you know, right. if if they did, this would be one of the choices. Yeah. That, shame on them. Absolutely, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Do you think it could be a thing where not everyone saw this movie? Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. the right. voters just didn't yep. vote exactly for this movie. Yep, which is 
you have to watch every movie. It's bullshit. If you're going to vote. Well, we did it. We, yeah, we, we did, did it. We on. did it. We're, we're two guys. We're just a couple dudes. I know. We have Yes, we are two dudes who have day job, day dude jobs, and we, we, we managed to see every nominated film. We saw everybody, like all their performances in the acting categories, everything, and we did it right. Why can't the Academy figure it out? I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah. Terrible. And I think we made some better picks than they did at, yeah. um, this current one, we, too. We, so. we sure as hell did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the movie, he dies, and I thought it was really kind of poetic in the way he died, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he kills himself by taking pills and yeah. alcohol, and um, his friend Lazaro? Lazaro, yeah. Lazaro? Uh-huh. Yeah. Suffocates him while he's just laying there. Right. With an I Heart New York bag. Yeah. Which was... <laughs> Wow. I know. Like, that. just using this plastic bag from America to suffocate himself was... <laughs> I don't know what it was about it, but, like, he escaped Cuba finally, you know, in 1980 when the refugees all fled. Yeah, during the flotilla. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and uh, he just gets suffocated by a bag that represents where he needed to be. Yes, yes. And about his suicide, I, I hope it's a dramatization you know, like, because we, we, we don't, I mean, of course, you can never know how it happened exactly because, I mean, he, like you said at the top, he, he died three years before his memoirs came out. Right. I mean, like, I remember the first part of that book is from his hospital bed. Um, and, of course, he couldn't include his own death in the book. Uh, but because Lazaro co-wrote the screenplay for the film, okay. um, I, I, I don't think he would truly out himself as a murderer. You know, I would hope not. I mean, otherwise, he'd probably be facing charges yeah, from, for, for this. I mean, that's a, even though he didn't technically kill Ronaldo, he, he had a hand in there. I mean, if that's what happened. Right. Yeah, I didn't think he needed to do that. I didn't like, think so either. It was yeah. odd. He was going to be gone. Right. Yeah, I thought he was just going to leave or right. something. <laughs> right. But he does, like, the end of a more. you know. Oh, he, yeah. He, he yeah. That's, it is. It's, it's a Hanukkah moment. It's yeah. a, yep. <laughs> it's a Hanukkah <laughs> moment, for sure. <laughs> And at the end of the film, they put his suicide note up on the screen yeah. for you to read. Or mm-hmm. I, is it voiceover, or do you read it? I I, th- I think you. Uh, I, I think th- it's voiceover. Yeah, I think he he it's, he, he recites it. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down. I'd like to read it here. Yeah. Due to my delicate state of health and to the terrible depression that causes me not to be able to continue writing and struggling for the freedom of Cuba, I am ending my life. I want to encourage the Cuban people abroad as well as on the island to continue fighting for freedom. Cuba will be free. I already am. That's a poet's ending right no there. No doubt. Keep fighting. Yes, that's right. This man is a poet. I mean, he, he was a great man. Um, and I, and I, I am like really thankful that, that, that someone told his life story to a big audience. Even if they didn't see it. Even if not enough people saw it when it came out. At least some people got reached. And, you know, like, but when he first goes to New York, that, that interview, remember he's, he's like being interviewed by like what looks like a documentary um, right, yeah. yeah. It's like they're following him around his right. house, his mm-hmm. day-to-day activities, just right. talking about what he's eating and yes. all this stuff. Right, exactly. He's yeah. talking about the purees and stuff. Now, and... Did, do you feel like that happened in real yes. life? Yes, I, I actually saw that interview. Okay. Um, it's, it's, from a, it's from a documentary called Improper Conduct, uh-huh. and it was mentioned in Vito Russo's Cellular Closet as well. Right. It, he, he, was just, he was there like, to, to talk about um, like, like the, the conditions in Cuba, and it was actually done in French. Okay. He, he, he in the in the in the real interview he's speaking French. Gotcha. Because uh, I think it was for French television, and he was just you know he was bilingual. He was multilingual. Yeah, I should he say, spoke so. a lot of languages. Right. Right. Um, can can we talk about Johnny Depp in this film? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get there. Okay. He plays two roles. 
Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, wow. Yeah. He's doing both these characters. Yes. Cool. <laughs> right. Complete opposites, too. Um, yeah, he plays two different homosexual people. Um, one is a glamorous drag queen named Bon Bon, mm-hmm. who, who, like, mules items out of the prison. Right. Um, and, you know, she helps him, she helps uh, Ronaldo smuggle his, his novel, you know, out of, out of the prison. Right. Um, and she, she suitcases it. She, she gets the whole thing out. Exactly. Yep. In one go. Yep. I think, I think he describes it as like, it took, it took him, it, it took Bon Bon like five <laughs> trips to, to, oh to, to get this whole, to get the book out of the, out of the prison in his ass. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and the second, uh, character he plays is also, is it like a, a closeted, uh, sadistic military man who runs the prison? Right. He's like a Lieutenant there. Yes. Um, and he calls him into his office mm-hmm. to question him because yes. the novel that was smuggled to Paris has been published now. Yes. And he's confronting him saying mm-hmm. like, how'd you get this out? You don't have a, a license or a permit to publish yes. in Cuba or anywhere. The Writers You're not Guild to is do not. This. Yes, right. Uh huh. Yeah, and he's writing propaganda yes. in their eyes. Yes, because uh, he's probably I don't know what is in that story. Right, but I'm sure he's just doing his writings yeah, about being just a homosexual a man right. uh-huh. in yep. Cuba. Yep, where he's oppressed. Yes, <laughs> so they can't have any of that. Right, and Johnny Depp's like questioning him here. And he keeps holding his crotch like he has a giant bulge. (laughs) And Javier Bardem is just totally focused on that the whole time. And even in the voiceover, he's just like stroking his manhood or something. I have that written down. Okay, you have the quote. It's my favorite line. It's really good. Um, He says, uh, like, uh, Johnny Depp's character, Lieutenant Victor, tells him, you know, I want this. You know, you have five minutes to, to, to record your confession. Right. And Ronaldo looks up at him and. Johnny is looking at a photo on the wall and he's like holding his crotch again. And he's like stroking. And he's sort of of. stroking it. And that's why I read him as gay (laughs) um, because I think he knows what he's doing. Um, But uh, like the voiceover says, it might take a queer more than five minutes watching this handsome lieutenant stroke his magnificent member. (laughs) And finally, you know, when when he decides he's going to he's going to like sign that confession or at least he's fantasizing about this. Like, right. Like you mentioned earlier about like stuff, stuff that where he just like, he just decides I'm going to go play volleyball with those dudes. Right. Um, the book is like that as well, where we're like, he'll be describing this scene, uh, this time where he was interrogated and he was very terrified. And then his mind just like goes somewhere else. Yeah. And he starts like thinking about having sex with this dude. And in, and in the movie, like Johnny Depp walks over to him because he's fantasizing about it. And, you know, after he signs the confession in the fantasy, Johnny Depp says, good, very good. This is how a man behaves. <laughs> and he walks over to Ronaldo and Ronaldo yep. rests his cheek against the member against Johnny Depp's crotch. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he finally snaps out of it. Yeah. Like, I thought this was an awesome thing in right, the movie. I, right. Because you, you don't think it's a fantasy sequence no, at all. It looks it, it, it's all pretty seamless. Right. And you're thinking the whole time, like, is this really what's going, going on? on? Right. Really? Right. But no, it's it's not. It's fantasy. He snaps out of it, and Johnny Depp's just sitting across the desk from him still. Right. Um, and then he has to sign his confession then, yes. I guess. And then it becomes terrifying again, because that's when Johnny Depp gets out the gun right. and sticks it in his mouth. He starts to mouthfuck him with the gun. He de- he's Exactly. Yeah. He's making it look like it looks like he's yeah. sucking a dick, and, yeah. and, and, he, and Johnny Depp is getting off on it both sexually and in a power move. Like, yep. you know, it's it's gross. Yep. And there's a good quote from this scene that's probably the best one. Uh, when he finds out his book's published and his name's on it and everything, mm-hmm. he says that book was the only proof to me that I was alive. That's a chilling Because he's, moment. Been, he's been in this prison yes. for God knows how long. Right. 
And he has no life at all. Even if he gets out of prison, he has no life because of how oppressed he is in his country. And, you know, when when he was, when he was like kind of living, uh, like a, what what for him was a princely life in prison for a little while because of all the, the when he was writing love notes to right. all, everybody's girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets thrown in the hole after they find out that he's been smuggling the novel out of you know the prison. Right. Um, and you know so I, yeah, God only knows how long he was in solitary. You well, know? yeah, the movie jumps yeah decades. It does you know? like right, you have exactly. no clue yep. what like the first time. Okay, he gets arrested for yeah. the first time. Yes. And he escapes the jail. Yes. And he does that swan dive into the ocean. <laughs> right. I, I loved that. I know. I thought that was hilarious, actually. I'm like, he just like, <laughs> dove into the ocean and swam 100 miles. <laughs> yes. He gets out on the beach and he floats in a tube to escape Cuba. Yeah. And he lands on a beach and there's a house there and he busts in and sits there and... It, I guess it turns out he's still in Cuba. Yeah, exactly. He I never mean, he never got yeah. he didn't get far. He didn't get anywhere. No, nope. but they don't tell you that right away. No, until you see that he's back and he's already been in and out of prisons. Exactly. Like just, yeah. Just all of a sudden, that's what had has transpired, and we don't see any of it. Which you know, it doesn't even matter though, because no. we're seeing what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And when he's in this beach house sitting there, another great acting moment here. I guess he realizes he's still in Cuba. Yes. And he's sitting there and he's kind of huddled up, like hugging his knees. Yeah. And his face, he starts to kind of break down almost. And he's finally realizing like everything's now he's finally able to process it now. Yeah. What's actually happening to him. Oh, man. Now that he's out of the ocean, uh, out of the prison and he's sitting there, he has a moment to reflect on everything and he realizes how fucked everything is right now. Totally. He, he realizes he's actually in prison right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's in like, just, he, he's on the run from the law. He has no way to, to escape Cuba. He has no money. He doesn't even have any clothes. I mean, I think, I think in that moment he, he like borrowed that one guy's shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got like his swimming trunks on and he was going to go 90 miles to Florida in that inner tube before <sighs> the tide, you know? Yeah. From Havana Crazy. to Miami, it, it, that's you, you in a tire. You can't do it. No, you can't. Dude. I mean, I it's. <laughs> I know that I've heard tell that it's been done, but you can't do it. <laughs> you know, that's how desperate these people exactly. are. Exactly. Yes. To 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 actually, and I mean, because because when yes, I mean to to escape this government, you know, um, that, that that wants to oppress everyone who doesn't toe the line. Mm-hmm. Literally, I mean, like like it is it is that oppressive still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and you know, I, I gotta say too, uh, the the whole um, the, the, I, th- I think the, the the best the best I think uh, like interpretation or the like representation of of that oppression is in that scene where that guy Ochoa is um, is on Cuban television like giving his confession. He's the guy who was running the poetry reading, um, and he's like being interrogated by um, it, it. Like you mentioned, the, the lady like committing suicide. Uh-huh. The, Ronaldo and her and other people are watching this on television, right? And he's the guy who was like, like also had a hand in like running that that uh, that contest where Ronaldo won, right? Um, and he Ronaldo had been at his house the writing during the contest, poetry. exactly. Yeah, um, that 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 scene for me is is like truly scary because at the end of it, he doesn't name names, but he does this very heartfelt apology, you know, like saying, "Yes, I I see the error of my ways, and I'm and I'm deeply ashamed." He was done Man. nothing. Yep. He has not done a thing wrong. Right. If he doesn't say that. Yes. Um, it's over anyways. They're going to throw him in prison for having a poetry reading at his house. Yeah. Because there were known homosexuals there. It's it's really something. Sure is. It's, I cannot believe that people are like this. 
And it, it's sad and true that this happens I know. all over the world. I know. Not just Cuba. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's yeah. everywhere. That's right. If you weren't lucky enough to have been born in a in a rich, safe country, um, you know, I, I, I <laughs> like in my adult life, I have I, as often as I can. I'm just like I, 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 I feel so fortunate, you know. To... Yeah, we're pretty lucky to be able to just do this podcast well, right now. Dude. It, we're doing whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every all the time. Yeah, you 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 couldn't be doing this in no. Cuba. Nope. You probably can't even do it today in Cuba. Can I wouldn't you? think so. No. If I anyone mean, out there is listening and they do Cuban podcasts, like <laughs> let us know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. If we if we could find a like a dudes on movies in Cuba, I mean, yeah. you know, I I, I want to hear it. I want to know about it, and <laughs> I want to hang out with those guys. I want to bring them here, and you know, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, that yeah. would be something. Yes, crossover it would. dudes on Cuba. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's another kind of escape thing. With the hot air balloon in yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, who were these people? Did he just stumble upon these people? I couldn't even yeah they figure they, it out. Like we said, it kind of jumps right. everywhere. Uh-huh. So yeah, they were just they were just people who knew who Ronaldo was. Okay, and they took him in, and they were like you know uh, subversives themselves, but they were able to somehow like escape the like kind of like stay out of the notice of the authorities. Right, and and they yeah that that looked like a good time. Yeah. What was going on Everyone's in that house. Everyone's partying Everyone down in that just, house. Yeah, just exactly. Fun. Oh, man, I mean, yeah. they're planning to escape in a hot air balloon. Yes. They patch together with parachutes or something. <laughs> and uh, is, is Peppy here? Uh-huh. Okay. That's where he tries to... He, right. he steals the balloon. My favorite thing is when Ronaldo smashes a watermelon <laughs> on Peppy's head. It is the best. <laughs> he just... They're carrying this watermelon down the street. All the way to the building, because they're going to have a party, uh-huh. and he sees Pepe, and as soon as Pepe walks out the door, he's like, whoa, cram! Yep, yep. Smashes that water. Exactly. Yeah, because like... like Pepe was the one who fingered him to the authorities, uh-huh. and he got thrown in prison because of this man. Right. Uh, so yeah, this guy deserved a watermelon and to the skull. Pepe's been a longtime friend of his yes. since uh, 20 years prior. Eps, and yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Kind of actually helped him discover his homosexuality, even. It did, yeah. Yeah, well, like... He knew he was gay, right. but it, it kind of brought him out, made him more comfortable with right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Pepe is a is a very important character too. That we're kind of like, yeah, it, it's it's good that we we brought him up because, yeah, um, yeah, like you said, he he does kind of like introduce Ronaldo to himself a little bit, but he also like he, he makes several statements throughout the film where Ronaldo kind of calls him on it, like like stop being so ignorant, uh-huh. uh huh, because like Pepe likes to use gay slurs, yeah, um, and he he like. He doesn't consider himself gay. Yeah, really. Well, he likes women too. Yeah, exactly. So, and he, I th- and I think that le- that saves him mentally. Right. For his masculinity is like you know intact because he's he also has sex with women. Right. But he's still wrestling Ronaldo on the beach. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, and you can see him when they go to that club. Uh-huh. Uh, him. It's it's like early in the film. Like when 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 Pepe is dancing with that woman, he's yeah. really like I mean he, he's he's really going after her neck. It's, it's you know? like he's overcompensating. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's like, I am into women. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And watch me, Ronaldo. Like, 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 watch this. Right. You know, I, I mean, and and Ronaldo at that point, I think their relationship was established as they are together as a couple. Yes. Uh huh. Right. So Pepe gets up and goes dancing mm-hmm. with this woman and is right. kissing on her and right. grinding on her. Uh huh. And he just has to sit there and watch it. And he he looks a little bit heartbroken. Yeah. And then he he snaps out of it pretty quick. Well, then the you know, other guy comes exactly, up to him yeah. and they start right gives him a cigarette, light a cigarette, and, and, right, and then mm-hmm. they go out onto the the pier <laughs> and kiss. <you laughs> yep. Know? And and in the book, um, they don't get can get into it in the movie, but in the book, like Ronaldo admits that he's had sex with five thousand men. 
5,000 men. Yes. Now, is this how he got AIDS in New York City? I believe so. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. He, he just, I mean, and, and it could have been like kind of, uh, maybe he got it in Cuba. Because, I mean, it is a retrovirus. It could be. So, yeah. you know, it just could have taken a little bit longer to, to you know. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I mean, he it, left in 1980, and that was like the boom of it. Right. That's when it 81 just, was bam, when it hit New York. Just came out. Right. Right. Yep. So, yeah. It's, it's I mean... The 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 70s were a time of of like you know just really big time. Well, the 60s and 70s were a time all over the world of sexual experimentation, right? And nobody was using protection, especially gay men. I mean, it was just it was a free for all. You do whatever you want. There was that great scene in the toward the beginning of the film when Pepe and Ronaldo and all their friends they're hanging out on the beach, uh huh. And those those jackbooted (laughs) assholes come up and it looks like they're going down, right? Um and. Like he asked Ronaldo, the the the, the main like kind of general of the, of the group, this military guys. That he asked, you know, Ronaldo who he is, and he goes, "I'm Frank Kafka," uh-huh. and uh, and the, and the general goes, "Do you think I'm ignorant?" You yeah. know, and he's like, uh, and then they had he gives him some more shit about like you know he took it up his ass last time he tied his boots or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out like they're all there to, to, to party with these guys. Right. Like you these know? are military men. Yes. Who came to hang out. Yes. With these gay men. Exactly. They're all gay men. I, I, I was not expecting that. Me neither. You know, when, when it happened, I was like, wow. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Totally unexpected turn yep. right there. That's right. Cause that dude looks like he's means business. Those and he's army serious. Guys, they would fuck him up. Big time. Yes. Yes. And I thought, okay, well maybe, you know, they're homosexual men and they're going to abuse their power and maybe yeah. rape them or right, do right, something right. like mm-hmm. that. No, right. they just came and partied. That's right. They had a good time. <laughs> you know, everyone had a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's, it's unexpected and it's a pretty awesome scene. It's cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's tough for me to like, you know, um, do any kind of criticism of this movie, but, but if I, th- th- there is one thing that I, I have to, to question. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't. I guess I didn't fully notice it until I did this rewatch for our show. Like I said, all the narration and all the voiceover comes from Ronaldo's uh, works. Right. Um, but there's one passage directly taken from his book that's not in voiceover. It's just in the mouth of Javier Bardem. It's the uh, four kinds of gays. Okay. Um, Re- remind me. Th- one day they're all on the beach, and okay. um, like Pepe has just like like. Oh, had sex okay. With that chick. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. I remember now. And then Ronaldo comes out of the surf, and he he like kind of like lays down next to Pepe, and he goes, "Hey, do you ever notice there's four different kinds of gays?" Right. And Pepe goes, "No. What kind are they?" Yeah. And it's like it's kind of weird. And it's they kind list of, them. Yes. And yeah. and like and he, he, I mean Javier Bardem, he's a phenomenal actor and he does it perfectly i mean like he he, he has he has a, a great description of it and they're kind of cutting away showing like visualizations right of what and he's one of about. them like he's having sex with the man yes well, he's, he's describing house. it he's right. breaking mm-hmm. the fourth wall exactly. telling the camera like yes. this is this type yep, you know exactly. while he's yep. doing this guy <laughs> right, exactly it's it's and still it's humorous it's yeah. it, it is really good it's really excellent it, it's it's well done except that it's just i wish they would have found a way to like less awkwardly get it in there because it is kind of shoehorned and I wish yeah. that it would have been more of the narration like like before. Uh, but instead, it's it's like, hey, did you ever notice this? It's like, right. You know. Well, like you <laughs> said, um, it's hard to criticize this it's movie. It's the only because thing. Right. That's not even, I mean, <laughs> I would have never thought of that. Okay. Like, okay, cool. That's I mean, funny. I have only seen it once. Exactly. I've so. seen this movie too many times. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But didn't even think of it. Right. I liked it. Good. Okay. Yeah, so. Cool. Um, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about um, before we wrap up the episode I, here I, I don't think so i think we, we've, we've handled everything i i'm really really glad we got to talk about this movie yeah you know? i mean there's a lot more here we could definitely dive mm-hmm. into but right i mean 
I didn't structure my notes to go into things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We touched on the main topics right, and themes right. of the movie. And um, it definitely, this is a great movie. Absolutely. Good good pick, Thank Dave. you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so would you recommend it? <laughs> yes. I, yes, I would recommend Before Night Falls by Julian Schnabel. Um, and, and I would also like just... Just, just tell everybody too that like any movie you any movie you see with Javier Bardem, you're gonna you're gonna be blown away. Oh yeah, I mean, He's... I didn't know he had such range. I I, oh, I had okay. never heard of him until uh, Old Country for No No Country for Old Men. Oh okay, yeah. yeah, all right, yeah. Which was a few years later, right? Oh seven, right? Oh like, seven, seven wow, years later, a lot yeah. later. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would recommend it too. Yeah, cool. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's a good biopic, yep. and it's very well done. Yes, technically, and just seeing this guy's story play out right it, it's fantastic and javier bardem's performance alone is definitely worth watching this one of the greatest actors in the world yeah he should he should have beat uh russell crowe <laughs> god oh man <laughs> okay so now that <laughs> we got gladiator out of here yes. <laughs> that about wraps things up if you like what you've heard please subscribe to our show in itunes rate it review it but most of all share it that's the best way to get more dudes listen to the dudes uh, if you don't use iTunes, you can always find us any other podcatcher you listen to. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to the website, dudesonmovies.com, and you'll find everything you need right there. Yes, uh, we are also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just look for us with Dudes on Movies, and we have an email address, mm-hmm. uh, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Uh, please drop us a line, and uh, you know we'll talk about movies with you. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what you think of this movie. Yes. And gl- Gladiator. Tell yes. us what you think of Gladiator. And, and, and show your work. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned next week to hear us discuss 1986's Gothic, directed by Ken Russell, starring Gabriel Byrne, Julian Sands, and Natasha Richardson. Thanks for listening to Dudes on Movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Dudes on Movies.